The city drags itself awake on subway straps, and I, an alarm, awake as a rumor of war, lie stretching into dawn, unasked and unheeded. Maya Angelou. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Balonius Pundits. I am Kentad Svensgaard, and along with me, please say hello to our good friend, Mr. AJ Mass. AJ Mass is here. Very uh, grizzled, as my veteran self am. Uh, very poetic, as the great Maya is, or was. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Waxing, if you will. Waxing poetic. This... And still we rise! <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is a podcast about the television program we know as Criminal Minds. Each week we recap and take an in-depth look at an episode of the show. I've never seen the show before, so I will be giving it that first view perspective. And uh, as AJ has pointed out, he is our grizzled veteran who indeed has seen each and every episode of the show. So it is a rewatch for him. And this week, AJ, we are talking about season four. Hello. Ding, 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 ding. New season. Episode one of Criminal Minds. Uh, and it is entitled Mayhem. I was disappointed not to get a Dean Winters guest spot in this episode. <laughs> well, uh, you know, enough, enough crossover uh, <laughs> from other shows takes place over the course of 15 seasons. So uh, hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. This episode was written by Simon Mirren and directed by Edward Allen Bernero. It originally aired on September 24th, 2008. And let's just get right into the recap. We do get a brief recap of part one which we discussed last week and uh so this week we'll pick up things right away in new york city after the explosion yeah i mean you know uh, a recap is fine for a season opener i think even though it's it's a week to us uh if you're binging it it can be less but you know it's a few months so i i get it <laughs> yeah exactly it's very artsy too. This the uh, first little shot. We're looking at the starry night sky, which I kind of call BS on. From when I lived in, in in Brooklyn, I could never see that many stars in the sky that were as we're in this shot. But we'll go with it for artistic purposes. Yeah, for artistic purposes, the the we'll we'll get into it. I've got a lot of issues with this episode. Um, look, as someone who was on the ground. When a certain plane flew through a certain building, uh, yeah, I don't really need this in my entertainment, but okay. Okay, yeah. it's apt, apt, ashy paper falling. I was there, yes, so accurate. Yep, we indeed see paper and debris floating down, and then we see a piece of that debris landing into the bloodied hand of one Agent Hotchner, and he's standing there in front of an electronic store window. And uh, his image is on all the screens because the camera in there is pointing out toward the street. That's very accurate for a city view of an electronic store. All of a sudden, you'll see yourself on the screen there. 
I think it's a neat way of doing that shot behind him. We can see the burning SUV completely destroyed and Hotch looks like he's in complete shock. We have muffled sound, so we can assume that he really can't hear, any, hear anything. And he appears to have some blood coming out of his ear. And uh, a young man appears in front of him and he's asking him if he's okay. And Hotch can barely hear him. He asks the man's name. The man is like, Sam. And Hotch asks a few times for him to call 911. <laughs> uh, call 911. <laughs> just just 911. Yeah, something's uh, really wrong with him if that's what he's asking. <laughs> <laughs> Figure out the last part yourself. Sam he sees Hotch's gun and asks him if he's a cop. And then we do a little bit of a flashback to Hotch and Kate Joyner leaving the federal building. Hotch is promising her that they're going to get these guys. And he starts to head to the car. And then we see the guy back to now. He's calling 911. And that's when Hotch remembers that Kate was with him. And he starts to run over to the car, yelling out her name. But he spots her in the middle of the street, several, several yards back from the car. And he runs over to her. Kate looks to be in a bad way. She says something about trying to find her purse. She's completely disoriented. Hotch tries to calm her down. She asks him what happens, and he says he thinks a bomb, an IED. Uh, she tries to get up, but Hotch tells her to lie still, and she asks if she's moving her legs, and Hotch looks down at what I would call her mangled mess of legs, and uh, and he looks rightly worried, I would say. <laughs> he says he has to turn her over for a bit, see where the blood is coming from, and he does, and her back is not up pretty sight at all he grabs at a part of her body maybe an artery and tells her he has to pinch it off until help arrives and he's sorry if he's hurting her but she says she doesn't feel anything which is even more worrisome scarier. yeah it's, it's a scarier answer of the two you would think it, it wouldn't be but it, it, it is <laughs> yeah he looks down at the end of the block and you can see that several cop cars and an ambulance have arrived they don't actually continue driving down the street toward them. Instead, they start to get out and sort of set up a, a roadblock at the, the end of the block. And, and Hotch is yelling, officer down. Kate, she realizes they aren't coming. And Hotch is like, what? She says, look, remind, remember, we told them not to. And we flash back then to the team determining that the first that first the bomber would bomb a, a target and then he would also target any first responders who came that way. So they've given them the order to be careful as first responders because you got to get it all clear before you go in to know that you're going to be all right. Hotch has a pretty sick look on his face as he looks at the respond first responders just sort of at the end of the block. And we go to credits. Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds. It's Criminal Minds. Please! Help us! <laughs> we uh, come back to the scene and Hotch voices over our opening quote. Never think that war, no matter how necessary nor how justified, is not a crime. Ernest Hemingway. Hotch is uh, yelling down the street, officer down, officer down. And the guy, Sam... As, uh, apparently he's called 911. He comes over and he notes that the, the help doesn't seem to be coming down the block. Kate says, yeah, they won't until the area has been cleared. And Sam is looking at her mangled body. 
he's like, oh, man. And he puts his hands over his head and starts to pace. We see an overhead shot of the SUV. Then we realize we're now watching a news report of the situation showing live in Times Square on the giant screen, um, as often happens. <laughs> um, we then cut to the same report showing, and it's at the uh, NYPD command center, and we see Rossi is there, and he's watching it as Reed arrives. He's saying he's heard what's happened. He's been trying to call the others. And Rossi tells him, yeah, the cell phone system is crashing. <laughs> um, uh, <yeah>, OK, so <laughs> let, let's, let's just parse this whole thing here. OK, I will I will grant them a little leniency that there would be news reports in Times Square, probably not on the main <laughs> cup of noodles TV, right. but there, there are enough ABC, CBS, you know, type type windows would you, I could conceive a crowd in Times Square area watching a news report. Sure. It wouldn't be the local news report. It would probably be more likely to be CNN or something like that. Right. Okay, fine. When they pull out to Rossi, I don't know why there are stock reports from Mexico and Norway on the screen accompanying <laughs> the report. First of all, why would those stock markets be open? <laughs> this is evening. Didn't we say this was evening? I think we did. Uh and the weirdest thing of all, I think, though, is that when Reed enters, he sees Ross and he goes, David, have you heard? Yeah. <laughs> and yes, his name is David. But Reed never calls him David. He's Rossi. <laughs> yeah. yeah Did they forget everything about this show <laughs> in the <laughs> offseason? Because this is just all weird. It's very, very unusual. I, I, I don't I don't get it at all. The other thing is, I will say, we were going to go on the next few scenes here. Uh, you know, there was the big cliffhanger for all of us watching. We didn't know whose SUV exploded. Who could it possibly be? You thought it might be uh, Mr. La Montagne. Uh, yeah. 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 But, okay, fine. We're watching video of an aerial footage of it clearly is hot. <laughs> I mean, you and I, uh, you know, of course, Joe New Yorker wouldn't know that, but but Rossi would say, oh, look, that's Hotch lying there. And the yeah. fact that they don't come to this conclusion for quite some time is, <laughs> is, is befuddling. Yes, they still don't know who's all right. I mean, I guess they could be worried that other things have happened, that they're just seeing this one, but they should have at least picked up on Hotch. Yeah, they, right. haven't picked up, they haven't picked up on that this is one either. So, <laughs> Right, right. They don't know where the car bomb went off at the moment. And Rossi tells Reed, well, we've got to have the authorities cover all the areas where the murders happened because those are the sites where they were testing the police response time. And, and that again, could mean that there's about eight suicide bombers. Right. But and again, like, yeah, they do know because there are cops on that block. So clearly they would have an in to where that explosion took place. And I guarantee you that reporter, either on screen in the caption, you know, once they get done with the Norway region uh, Dow Jones, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be reporting live from the scene. It's Katie Jones here, where Hatch's SUV was. <laughs> and then Reed reminds us again that, you know, those are just the first bombings, and then they're gonna bomb again when the first responders get there. Then we hear the news start to report that a black SUV was bombed that was parked at 26 Federal Plaza. 
and Rossi and Reed look at each other like, oh, we know what that means. Yeah, we know what that means. There's no way they could tell it was a black SUV from that distance. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just for our benefit to advance the plot. (laughs) There you go. We then have um, Rossi calling Garcia, who has just arrived back at her close circuit command post where our new friend uh, from last episode, Officer Bartleby, is there. She's already working the screens. And she also looks worried when she hears that it was a black SUV. And Rossi tells her to start getting some footage. And he lets her know that he's there with Reed, but they don't know where anyone else is. And they need to find them. So Bartleby will work on the video as Garcia says she's going to try to call the rest of the team. And who would Garcia's first call be to? I mean, you all know who the first call is going to be. What I wasn't expecting for this episode to suddenly turn into an episode of 24. <laughs> right. <laughs> ding, ding. So, yes, her first call is to Derek Morgan, who answers, and he's in some action shot of him driving his SUV already. And he's he says he's fine. and He's on his way to the scene. He says to leave him on the line as she calls in to check with the others. They managed to get Prentice on the line, and she's all right. Um, she's heading to another police command post. And Garcia dials JJ, but we just get her voicemail. Uh-oh. And it cuts out mid-message. Uh-oh. Then she loses connection with Prentice and Morgan, because if you remember, the cell phones are having a lot of issues right uh, now. I can understand that. I mean, with that many people calling each other, you know, again, live through it. It happens. <laughs> And uh, Bartleby lets her know that she's found the cameras that have the bomb site. And then we cut to the front of 26 Federal Plaza, supposedly, and uh, we see JJ pull up in her SUV. And she asks someone named Shelly, who's standing outside of the building. This is Shelly's big part, I guess. <laughs> I I don't remember Shelly, but she's named. So I was like, you know, am I supposed to know Shelly? I mean, you know, only in as much as she's someone who's like... Uh, coordinating she's a coordinator <laughs> so she asked jj asked shelly what's going on and shelly lets her know there was an explosion a few blocks away and so they're gonna evacuate the uh, building and uh, shelly hasn't seen hotch or joiner or any of the team so uh, jj gets the address of the main command post and says if any of the team contact her to uh, let them know that's where she's going to be headed So then we go back to the monitoring station where Bartleby and Garcia are looking at the video and we can see Joyner and Hotch walking toward the car Then their bodies going flying as the car explodes and Garcia starts to freak out. Bartleby says, hey, hey, they weren't in the car. So Garcia figures the explosions looks like it came from under the car, which means that it must have been put there. The bomb must have been put there after the car was parked. So they look at some older video from the scene. and They can actually see there's a hooded figure and he's placing the bomb under the car. They get a camera shot from another angle and they can see that the guy actually hung around during this. We cut back to Hotch, who is uh, asking Sam to go try to see if he can get anyone to come help them. And he tells Kate she needs to wake up, stay with him. Stay with me, Kate. She She says she feels cold. And she's going on for a bit and Sam comes back and uh, Hotch gets him to try to see if they can lift her, but that's not going to work. So instead, Hotch just grabs a hold of her again and he starts screaming down the block. They need someone to help. 
we zoom to that little area down the block and Morgan is there arriving in his SUV and he, he gets out and he goes to the officer in charge and identifies himself and he sees Hotch down the street yelling for help and the officer says he's not going to let him go down there and Morgan is like, I don't give a damn what your orders are. That's my boss. I'm going to go get him. He figures out that this cop is Marine Corps and he says, Never leave a man behind. You remember that, don't you? And of course, this is enough to charm the officer into <laughs> foregoing any orders he has and uh, let me, right, well, which right. I understand. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. I mean, part of it is like I'm already sick of hearing hot shelling. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure it's been constant. So it's probably nagging at him. And if like, if this fool wants to run down there, <laughs> right. By all means, <laughs> right, go for Maybe it. Maybe I'll just shut him up, and I won't have to hear him yelling, "Please, someone!" <laughs> so we cut back to Garcia, who's watching the video, and by golly, our bomber stay to watch the whole explosion. And then, wait, what is that? The unsub is actually walking right up to Hotch, and to no one's surprise at all, <laughs> our friend Sam is actually our unsub. Uh, and, were you shocked? I was totally surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Do you, do, before we get any further, do you happen to recognize the actor who is playing uh, Sam at all from anything? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, it's, it's just, it's kind of a comical in retrospect because, uh, you know, we have all these, uh, one of the recurring things we do is we count the number of Beverly Hills 90210 people. Now, he's not, <laughs> he was never on Beverly Hills 90210. But he was one of the stars of the reboot, 90210. And they had him playing essentially, essentially what they did, if if you don't remember the reboot, is they got all these stereotype characters uh, and they tried to match it to the original cast. So he was playing the quote unquote David Silver role as being kind Uh. of the, the techie. Uh, a reporter type guy who wanted to work at the TV station as opposed to the radio station at the school. So, but he was playing David Silver. But you know, the actor here is doesn't look like David Silver. He's a little bit more ethnic, a little bit more of, of an Arab American descent. So they decided to name him Navid Shirazi. <laughs> <sighs> Let's just take David Silver and. Arab up the name a little bit. I mean, come on, guys. You got to do better than that. <laughs> you really do. It's disappointing. It's very disappointing. Especially because the actor himself's name is Mike Steger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got to admit to not really watching the uh, the reboot of that at all. So I, I, I missed I out on that. an episode or two uh, just <laughs> for nostalgia's sake and then went, okay, this is stupid. <laughs> I did not last the uh, seven or eight seasons, however, however long it lasted. Did it last that long? It lasted a while. I, I couldn't tell you <laughs> an exact time, but it, it was around for, for a bit. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, so we cut back to Morgan, who has arrived over to Hotch, and, and he's telling Sam to go get behind the barricades, and then he's trying to help out Hotch, and Hotch explains that if they try to move Kate, she's probably going to bleed to death. Garcia, at this point, is able to get through to Morgan's cell phone, and she tells him Sam is their unsub, which uh, Morgan immediately tells Hotch. And meanwhile, already down the block, Sam is stopped and is looking at them, and he puts his hand out like a little challenge. 
and he's smiling at Morgan. He smiles at Morgan and Hotch tells Morgan to go. And, and Morgan starts to chase after the kid who's turned around to make a run for it at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty damn funny. It's, it's just the way he's been lurking. And you know, you know, he's kind of enjoying this this subterfuge a lot and i you know when he says all right you can go sam thank you get out of get out of harm's way and he's like yeah and you've actually watched he jogs off like three steps like he he breaks to a full run for like two steps and then slowly jogs no wait don't try and stop me i certainly don't want to leave no <laughs> and yeah that cocky yeah. turn around like whoa what can i say bro it was me the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so uh, Morgan starts to chase him on foot. And this goes on for a few blocks. <laughs> Way too long. <laughs> and uh, interestingly, we do see an ambulance passing them headed back toward where they came from. So they do. They do. They do. We see the, uh, the ambulance. And meanwhile, we see Sam has reached a subway station. That appears to be evacuating, I'm assuming, because of all the, you know, the bombing that's going on. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess it's it makes sense that they're uh, all of a yeah, sudden okay. so, so evacuating. Th- yeah, there's a lot that happens here, and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit, but we'll, we'll get there. But yeah, there are way too many people <laughs> out and about in the subway station, A, at this time of night, and B, you and I... You know, we used to work down in that general vicinity of, you know, the bottom, the bottom part of the island. There ain't nobody around. There's nobody on the streets. There are no cars. And there sure as heck is nobody in the, in the subway station at that hour. It's yeah. just it, no way. I mean, I, you could argue that maybe if they stopped a train that was going from point A to point B and just stopped it there. Just, all right, we're stopping all the trains, get out. Maybe, but there's still just, there's far too much going on. Manhattan after hours is a ghost town in the, in the financial district and in the government area. And again, we've had what, eight people shot in recent days, (laughs) Uh, bombs going off, Uh, you know, yeah. Let's no. just go about our business. Let's go to a show. <laughs> uh, in the afternoon? Okay, fine. I'll buy all of this. But you know, And it, it's nighttime because we saw the stars, and yet it's bright enough that we can run on the streets and we can see everything clearly. There's a lot, a lot going on here with the timeline. But I digress. I'll hold my tongue for a few more minutes because i got to go back to it in about two scenes. Yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> Sam runs down into the uh, the subway and, and Morgan chases after him. And meanwhile, the ambulance pulls up to Hotch and Kate and a uh, friendly paramedic gets out to assist them. Just a quick sidebar. I recognize this guy. So I had thoughts immediately when I saw this guy because spoiler alert or something. This guy played a bad guy on 24. And I, I think I recognized him from that immediately. But anyway, he's a paramedic. Guy plays a bad guy once doesn't mean he always is going to play a bad guy. That is true. That is true. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so Hutch lets the uh, paramedic know this that Kate has an arterial bleed. He's doing his best to hold it close. She's got a really weak pulse. And the paramedic says, "Well, he's going to need Hotch's help." 
Hotch asks if the area is clear, and the paramedic says, you know what? Hotch was calling for help so much. <laughs> yeah, he was screaming so much that he just couldn't sit there and listen. He did have a partner, but the partner was scared and wouldn't come, so this guy came by himself because he's a, a real hero. Okay, and, uh, you know, let, let's parse that for just one second. <laughs> How far away was he that he could still hear Hodge screaming? <laughs> it's not like Hodge is screaming into a walkie-talkie or on a phone. He's just screaming out, Help! Come here! At most, a block or two away, yet we see him racing at full speed past the running uh, Sam and Morgan, so he, it, it, he's full of BS! Mm-hmm. I get that Hotch doesn't pick that up right now. I, I right, Hotch hasn't paid attention. But I, is, I think it came from a separate direction, even yeah, than th- the this other. This cover story holds zero water. <laughs> <laughs> but Hotch is happy. He tells Kate they're gonna they're gonna get her out of there. And we cut back to the command center, and as usual, Reed is standing in front of a, a map, uh, <laughs> and uh, Rossi comes over. Also, Prentice and JJ both come in. Everybody's glad to see each other alive. And Garcia contacts them to let them know that Derek is chasing the bomber as they speak. She's reporting on the situation. And Rossi, meanwhile, notices that Kate's SUV was parked two blocks away from the federal building. And it seems odd that the bombers would just target her car in that situation if they were trying to blow up the federal building. Um, I mean, he's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Rossi tells Garcia uh, she's got to find a way that they can help Morgan, who has, meanwhile, chased Sam down into the station. And he starts to look for Sam on an evacuated train that's parked at the station. And Morgan walks down the length of the train, which appears to be three cars (laughs) long. (laughs) Okay, okay. Hey! (laughs) Yes, it appears to be maybe three cars long. B... He gets on and was clearly the the back to the rearmost car. Right. Walk his way to the frontmost car and somehow is able to open up that door. There's and no driver down there. To the tracks. Yeah. The, 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 either it's the conductor's car, in which case he would not be able to go to the tracks because it's the conductor's car, or if maybe he turned around and went back the way he came and, and it was the clear caboose, you can't open that door. It doesn't open to prevent you from falling into the tracks below. Now, admittedly, this is a lot of New York nitpicking. Like, maybe this is something people wouldn't know, but you are 100% right. And uh, as he drops down onto the tracks, the train tunnel takes the sharpest left I have ever seen. (laughs) Like, it turns in a way I have... I, especially not, you know, the A train or whatever. What was that C? I don't remember what it was. But he was on it. He was on an A. Yes, he, he was on an A, which wouldn't terminal there. But I said I, I will grant them the fact they might have just this train is out of service. Everyone get off. I, I will grant you that it's not a terminal station, so he wouldn't. It wouldn't have stopped there. But anyway, <laughs> Morgan follows the uh, track. He's got his gun ready. His flashlight is in in his hand. And uh, we see Sam is there. He's apparently taken off his shoes. Morgan's got the light pointed at him. And Sam starts saying some typical, like, terrorist stuff. You know, uh, you're going to lose in the end. You you fear what we embrace. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, before Morgan can stop him, he puts his foot on the third rail. And 
electrifies himself. <laughs> Which, incidentally, if this was a terminal station, would not be live at that section of the track because no train would go through there. But <laughs> it's not a terminal station, but oh man, it's just it's just <laughs> dumb, 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 and more dumb. And the fact that Morgan uh, they basically i don't i don't blame shamar at all but his direction was look disgusted and as if you're smelling burning flesh because <laughs> that's the reaction <laughs> he gives definitely so then we cut back to hotch and the paramedic and they've rolled kate over and hotch is assisting the paramedic as he goes to work on the wound and then we cut over to reed who's still doing the map thing and he points out to jj that it seems odd with all this promise of death you know, that has come in and, you know, that card, that death card and all that. It just, again, seems odd that they just targeted this one single SUV. Then we're cutting back to the ambulance where, which Hotch is driving now as uh, the paramedic is in the back working on Kate. And so the paramedic gives him directions to the nearest ER, which is St. Barclays. <laughs> I was thinking, where the Nets play? <laughs> um, yeah, I but, mean, okay, you don't want to give the name of a real hospital fine that's okay that's tb land it's probably st vincent's which is on west 12th would seem realistic to me given the location so i i in my head west 12th which isn't really west 12th new york streets are really weird there west 12th actually uh intersects with west 4th at that point the whole place compresses it's close enough that that seems like a reasonable place for this hospital to be so in my mind st vincent's yeah so, meanwhile, Kate regains consciousness in the back of the uh, ambulance. And after she asks for Hotch, and the uh, paramedic confirms that Hotch is the one actually driving, she just appears to be a bit thankful, and she thanks the paramedic. And the paramedic says, don't thank me. Thank your partner. He did it all. They pull up to St. Barclays, but the ambulance bay is blocked off. They can't drive down there, AJ. Because there is secret service there, secret service agents. And uh, the one main secret service agent tells Hotch that they can't come in. They're redirecting all the emergencies. We've got the hospital shut down. Doesn't really explain why they've got the hospital shut down, but the, sh- the hospital is shut down. Well, I, it, it, he's so sm- smarmy about it, too. It's like, the hospital is on bypass. Wait, what, what, what does that mean? I, I, I'll grant Hotch is not in his rightest of mind because I'm sure Hotch, with a clear head and not concussed, probably does know what it means. Like, what, what does that mean? It means the hospital is closed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the back of the ambulance, Kate is, is back there and she, she's starting to crash and the paramedic says, he's losing her. And uh, Hotch pleads for the Secret Service agent to let them through. Finally, he seems to gain a sense of what's going on and says, okay. He hops into action, waves them through, and gets on his radio to tell somebody to go to the ambulance. And uh, so they get inside the hospital. We see an ER doctor running up to them. um, And the, the paramedic is like on top of Kate, on top of the gurney as they're rolling through and tense. Given CPR on top, that CPR in motion from a oh, it's it's a strong position like that. That that's that's a that's a medical drama staple. Absolutely, mm-hmm. they rush off to an operating room or an emergency room, and Hotch is standing there. And then the camera starts kind of doing that spinning thing around, which usually indicates someone's about to pass out or doesn't feel well. It, it makes you dizzy, kind of. 
and we see that Hotch's vision is going blurry and he falls to the ground and, and the nurses there are calling out for help as we go to a Yeah, yeah. And before we, we come back from our break and, and, and get back into this, I just want to point out one more. Look, I'm a native New Yorker. New York is a very easy city to figure out for television purposes and geography. I understand for time purposes, they will oftentimes go, all right, yeah, it would take you like a half hour to get there, but we need it to be the next scene. So we're just going to cut ahead and make it seem shorter than it is. But if you're going to use the name of a real hospital, which they do here, this hospital is on bypass. You need to go to Lenox Hill, which is on 77th Street. They are at best on west 12th there are many hospitals in between 12th and 77th street why would they be sending them to 77th street how about nyu's langone hospital which is i was just gonna say that they (laughs) could have gone right over there to the to the uh fdr and and headed up to langone been there what is that 23rd somewhere around there (laughs) it's 10 blocks as opposed to 65 blocks away on an emergency this isn't like a, a leisurely transfer. My goodness, Lennox Hill is your best answer to this? Come on, writers. <laughs> so we come back to the police station, the command center, and uh, Prentice is on the phone and she's getting in the information and she lets everybody know, okay, Morgan is okay. By the way, Garcia is running uh, Morgan's unsub Sam. And then also the guy that Prentice shot, she's running their information through Vicap. And Rossi says, you know what? Those are smart and well-educated kids, and they were trained to be martyrs. They're not going to be the type to have rap sheets. And then uh, JJ comes in to let them know that Kate and Hotch are at the hospital. Hotch is in the ER. Kate is in surgery. Uh, Morgan's already on his way to the hospital. So I guess she's talked to him and given him that information. Prentice mentions that the media is reporting this as a failed attack on 26 Federal Plaza. And Rossi's like, no, that's not what this is. And our friend, uh, Detective Breston, if you recall him from... Grumpy Cop, yeah. Yes, Grumpy Cop. He is there and he says, well, Homeland Security is treating this the same way. And hey, we didn't find anything at any of the other sites that you said they were targeting. So maybe this whole thing is over. And Rossi's like, oh, maybe that's what they want us to think. (laughs) (laughs) This is what Rossi always sounds like one of these Cassandra complex type. Like, no, you don't understand. Uh, You're all wrong. I'm the only one who knows the truth. (laughs) But really, look, Grumpy Cop is very accurate here. You told us (laughs) exactly (laughs) what was going to happen. We listened to you. It hasn't happened. Now you're saying, no. Don't listen to us. Listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So now they uh, look at the video of the bomber of the SUV as he sets off the bomb. And now they know, you know, what's really odd. This guy didn't wait until they actually got in the car before he set the bomb off. And (laughs) Reed says sort of offhandedly, like so far, these guys have accomplished nothing, which Grumpy Cop takes quite the exception to. He's like, nothing? Um, we have uh, Cooper, who's his partner, that he's been shot. Uh, we have eight innocent people that have been killed. We've got two agents that have just been blown up. Uh, <laughs> Emily's suicide by cop. You know, is that not enough? Okay, 
okay, okay, but Reed, Reed really should have just pressed the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> like, yes. I, I didn't mean to say they've accomplished nothing. I mean, they've accomplished nothing. They, what do they gain from that? That is not a goal. That is just havoc for the sake of havoc. That's not how terrorists work. That's what he should have said. Right, but he did not. Instead, we have Rossi looking at a picture of the of the old twin towers of the World Trade Center, and he's saying, that was memorable. This isn't. <laughs> I mean, in a way, isn't that a comment on the writing, though? <laughs> See, that, 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 that's something you can hang a plot on. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is a two rating. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, Season so meanwhile, four, we've run out of ideas already. <laughs> Meanwhile, we have Morgan arriving at the hospital, uh, and he asks the doctor how Hotch is, and the doctor is starting to report, yeah, he just had some trauma in the right ear and some shrapnel in his leg, and then all of a sudden we hear some commotion, and uh, they run over, and Hotch is up, and he's in his hospital gown, but he's doing the whole, I'm gonna leave thing, that seems to be kind of a trope, but... uh, Especially with cops and, and FBI agents. Like, I am fine. I'm getting out of here. I have to get back on duty and solve the case. <laughs> yeah. He wants his clothes immediately. He asks after Kate, and then he asks what happened to Sam. And he's telling Morgan, you know what? The profile is all wrong. At which point we cut back to Rossi, who was also explaining the same thought. He's saying everything that's happened so far has appeared to be something that it's actually not. We've got random killings. We've got the hack into our surveillance systems, the suicide by cop, the card of death, and the attack on Kate and Hotch. All of these things were actually diversions so that they'd analyze them and come up with the wrong profile. And JJ has Morgan on the phone, and she tells uh, the team that Hotch wants them at the hospital now. And so they all start to leave, and uh, Detective Bruston asks what he should tell Homeland Security, and Rossi says, Tell them if they love this city as much as you do to keep it locked down. It's about to get hit. And, okay. Dramatically, fine. Who, who is Grumpy talking to at Department of Homeland Security that they're going to be talking to Grumpy? <laughs> like, it's like, he's got a boss. Mm-hmm. There's a chain of command. It's like, hey, what should we do? I don't know. Let's ask Officer Grumpy what he thinks. <laughs> Like he's got direct hotline. It's it's a little bit awkward. I, I yeah, sentiment I get. Shorthand for TV, sure. But you, should... you had how many months to finish this episode? <laughs> <laughs> so AJ, next we cut to the hospital, and the team has arrived now, and they're standing around Hotch, who is now dressed. He got his clothes, and he's actually in the middle of putting on his bulletproof vest. And what Hotch is wondering is, why is he still alive? So they figure, well, the intent must have been just to maim you guys, not to kill. And Garcia has uh, checked. They let her. They let him know that Garcia has put Sam and the other unsub into every database, and they found nothing on him. Rossi starts talking about how terror cells evolve and how they learn from one campaign to the next. And all this cell appears to have done is targeted two FBI agents and one SUV. And they start talking about one target, one bomb. I, it's, it's, I got kind of lost a little bit in, in, their, in their going over things in this scene. 
but I, the the gist of it, and you're right. It's, it's this is again, this is very very clumsy because really they they should be relaxing at this point. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, Rossi Rossi's point is. You know, they 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 had to be a bigger goal than this because of all the planning. If, if this bomb had just happened by on its own, they could they you yeah chalk it up to hey it's it's one bomb, cool. But they've been building to something, and right. this can't be it. So there's got to be something else that's going on. That that's basically what the they're just they're being very awkward in getting there. And I I really like the fact that Hot is just like. <laughs> Did he even call nine one one? That's where he gets mm-hmm. like, did Sam even call nine one one? Because like, clearly he used the phone. Now that he knows he's the guy, he used the phone to trigger the bomb. That's why. That's why he was watching. He so he, he clearly needed the phone there. So yeah, that phone was not used to call nine one one. Which means now he's finally maybe he's even remembering the 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 lame excuse. I heard you yell it. Like, which means that ambulance didn't know that I was here. He must have mm-hmm. called the ambulance. Exactly. So that means that there's only one reason that Sam would have possibly stayed with them to make sure the ambulance got to him. And he also remembers at that point about the Secret Service having the hospital on lockdown. It is closed. <laughs> and he flashes to that and he realizes that person Sam must have been calling was the paramedic in the ambulance which drove them there, which means this hospital is their target. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And we, we cut to the bomb maker and we realize now that this guy is the paramedic and he's in the ambulance working on a big ass bomb. That was, it looks like it was probably hidden right under where Kate was when he was working on her. Yeah. I mean, it's not a lot of room in the back. Sure. Yeah, it's a big device, and he arms it as we go to break. As the little cell phone clicks it on, this baby is ready to go. Uh, we are ready for a, a conclusion. I mean, we, we this, that that Act 2 break is time for Act 3. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so we come back. The whole team has come over to where the uh, main Secret Service guy is, and they're asking who the secret service is they're protecting. And the agent is like, uh, why do you need that information? And instead of elaborating, Hotch says, where's the ambulance that we drove in on? And uh, he explains, you know, there's a bomb on it and it's probably rigged to assassinate whoever you're here protecting. So we need to get that person out right now. And the secret service agent says they can't because he's in surgery as they speak. They are then able to pull up a security camera view of the paramedic and they see that he's got a cell phone in his hand and so they call garcia and and tell her to jam all the cell phone signals which she can do but only for a short time how convenient (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) and uh they see the paramedic coming back into the building and figure he's gonna go detonate the bomb manually if he has to and they look around and they're like, hey, where's Morgan? And Morgan, my man, is already halfway down the flight of stairs, <laughs> running towards uh, where he think that, thinks the ambulance is going to be. Uh, he's taken off to go find it. And uh, the BAU team heads off after him. And the, we hear the SS agent on the radio saying, hey, we have, we've got to move Echo 1 to the roof as soon as he's out of surgery. So Echo 1, that's who they have there. 
yeah, protecting uh, whoever that is. I mean, you know, in my head, this is the vice president, but who knows? Yeah, we see Morgan, who's already gotten down to where the ambulance is very quickly. I would just like to point out, Morgan got there like right away. Morgan is a man possessed at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's checking it out. He sees the ambulance. Garcia happens to have radioed him at this point, and uh, he gives her the ambulance number, asks her to track it. And we cut to the paramedic who is outside of an elevator door somewhere near the garage there. And as the elevator door opens, the paramedic fires shots. <laughs> like several rounds. Yeah. Shots. And then he goes back and fires another shot into the elevator before heading back towards uh, the basement. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just going to say again, this is this this is very convenient. I, I realize that Garcia has uh, magical powers that she's able to temporarily block all the cell signals so that the the paramedic cannot trigger the bomb, but. She could still communicate through walkie-talkie to him. What? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand telecommunications enough to know how ridiculous this seems, but it, see, it just seems very convenient that she can still have the conversation long distance. Or, like the bomb maker can't have also some sort of walkie-talkie trigger <laughs> as a fail-safe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Since that clearly works. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But see, you got you're making the mistake of trying to think about it. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Look, Morgan can bend time and space, and Garcia can bend the laws of physics. I, I, I get it. They're like heroes that way. And then, of course, we've got to see shots of the BAU team, who was apparently taken off after Morgan, but they figure, oh, we've got to take the stairs. I thought Morgan did take the stairs. Well, see, Morgan took the stairs, but Morgan does that thing where he takes it a full banister at a time. Yeah, he's he's jumping down flights like and, and, yeah, I he's mean, super Morgan. I mean, you, you've <laughs> seen Rossi run. I mean, yeah, he he, he he can run, but he's no Morgan. He's going to take it step at a time. Reed's not athletic. <laughs> Hotch okay. is still concussed. Emily and JJ could probably do it, but they're stuck behind. <laughs> All right, so then we um, see, after looking in and checking in on them, we're back to Morgan, and he he looks in the back of the ambulance and sees the bomb. He asks Garcia how long the cell phone jamming can go on. She's like, a few minutes max. And uh, Morgan says, okay, I'm going to have to get this ambulance out of here because uh, as soon as the cells go back up, that bomb is going to go off. And Garcia's like, no, you need to just evacuate like everyone else. And Morgan tells her she just needs to find somewhere he can drive the ambulance. And she better tell everybody that he's coming. He's on the way. Then he gets in the ambulance and he's able to hotwire it quickly <laughs> yeah. enough. Possibly the most ridiculous thing is that he, can, he knows how to hotwire ambulances. <laughs> and uh, so then he starts to pull out of the basement, uh, Garfield. Garcia tells him he's got to head north and she'll tell him when to turn. And at this point, somehow the paramedic has finally arrived there. I don't know what took him so long since he was. Anyway, uh, he starts shooting at the ambulance as it's leaving and uh, screaming, no, 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 because uh, curses. He's been foiled here. Garcia asks who heard the she heard the shots and she asks, what was that? And Morgan's like, nothing. Just talk to me, baby. And uh, we cut to Prentice, Rossi, Reed and Hotch. And finally, they're approaching the basement. They've got their guns drawn out. They're slowly and cautiously 
walking toward the sand. Yeah, they they are in like some weird crab formation, checking every other door as they go. It's just it's just a weird shot. It's filler. It's basically what it is, but it's just a weird shot. Yep. Reed and Prentice arrive at the uh, elevator where we see the door opening and closing on the bodies of several dead Secret okay. Service agents. I'm not supposed to laugh at this, but that was damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, there's many Secret Service agents. Don't worry. I'll take care of them. Yeah. They do spot the paramedics' bloody footprints leading toward the garage. And then we cut to the ambulance. We're already somehow in the middle of the city, <laughs> flying down the road, sirens blaring. With how many cars on the street? Come on, no one is on the street at this hour. You've locked the city down and nobody lives in Manhattan. <laughs> Morgan is looking back at the ticking bomb and then he asks Garcia how she's doing, how he's doing, and she and Bartleby let him know he's got about a minute and 50 seconds. And Garcia is like, why does it always have to be you? Why do you always have to be the one to do this? Then we... Cut to the paramedic who has found a fence down in this garage and he's sat down in front of it. He has a big knife in one hand and a cell phone in the other. And he looks at the cell phone and it says, no signal. Uh, (laughs) We cut to the rest of the team slowly making their way toward him inch by inch. And uh, then we cut back to Morgan who's driving and Garcia is saying he doesn't have time. Be smart about this. And uh, she sees that the signal is about to come back online. And Bartleby Bartleby says they have about 30 seconds until full coverage. And Garcia tells Derek to just drive to the opening and get the hell out. I don't even know what opening she's talking about because she was supposed to tell him to turn. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it's, it's real tense. And Derek is like, hey, Garcia, there's something I want to tell you. I, I want you to something I want you to know, Garcia. She's like, save it. Just get out. Get out. And Bartleby's counting down 20 seconds. And Morgan says, no, no, he's not there yet. And Bartleby is counting down 10, 9, 8. And Garcia's like, Morgan, please. And he says, Garcia, you know what you are? And we see the paramedic look at his cell phone and he sees that it's connected. And then Garcia and Bartleby lose connection to the call. And and Garcia screams out, Morgan. And then we cut to the ambulance, which is now... On a big grass field park area, I I I don't know. Is this supposed to be Central Park? It, this is like... this is Sheep Meadow, Sheep's Meadow at Central Park. Uh-huh. Not only <laughs> is about sixty five blocks away from where this hospital is. He got. It's not even off the road. You have to like cut through the park. Mm-hmm. There's no real road onto where this is to begin with because it's a walking area. Essentially, in three minutes, mm-hmm. he went right. from underground in the hospital yes. to the middle of Central Park. <laughs> yeah. There's just no way. <laughs> I mean, I he should have just driven into... The East River, right? Yes! (laughs) Like, that's, like, right there. That would have made more sense. Oh, you know, okay. (laughs) Maybe you could get away with, I mean, it's a lot more crowded of an area, but if, if as we see from the explosion, I mean, he didn't know this, but it doesn't really explode out so much as it explodes up. Mm -hmm, Right. 
So, okay, he could have gotten to Madison Square Park. <laughs> that was like maybe Which... 15 blocks away, maybe, from where they were, give or take. Maybe, you know, that could have saved a bunch of people. Uh, Central Park, <laughs> Sheep's Men, no, no. no. <laughs> And so, yeah, we see the ambulance rolling there and there's a big, huge explosion. The flames leap out into the sky. And we all know that <laughs> we know what's happening here. But OK. Oh, my gosh. Was Morgan driving in, in the explosion? We don't know. And uh, we cut to Garcia, who has tears in her eyes as she's like, Derek, Derek. We cut back to the garage. And our, our team has finally come upon our paramedic and they stand there holding him at gunpoint. Hotch tells him to put down the knife. It's over. And of course, the guy's like, eh, smiles and he slits his own throat. Indeed. So Indeed. I, and I, yeah. I'm still not sure. Yes, the cell service came back on, but doesn't he still have to make the call? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like. Right. It's it just seemed like he like, just sat there and looked at it. And, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, granted, he had time to make the call at that point. I, I will give you that. But we didn't. He didn't. He's just staring at it. Call connected. Like, no, he would still have to make the call. It's not like an email where it's like sitting in your send folder and you just you hit you know you wait for the internet to come back on and it goes through automated tasks. It's, he'd have to call it. I'm just going to assume he had some kind of macro assigned to a side button. <laughs> and, sure. Uh, <laughs> Sure, sure. Uh, there you go. Look, the man had contingency plans. That's why that knife was in his hand the whole time. <laughs> All right. So, so, so the paramedic is dead, and clearly Morgan has died in the big explosion, and it's going to be a very sad ending, right? Right. No, AJ. We cut back. We see the burning fire, and then. Morgan pops his head into the camera view. He's, he's several oh, yards. What a great green screen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He is several yards uh, away from where the explosion happened. Super Morgan is alive. He gets on his radio and says, and I quote, Garcia, I'll tell you what you are to me. You're my God-given solace. Woman, you promise me one thing. Whatever happens, don't you ever stop talking to me. And uh, Garcia is both happy and pissed as she says uh, she can't promise that right now because she's mad at him. He tells her he can wait. And uh, the camera zooms out and we see the fire and uh, and the rest of the city in the background. Yeah. And my next sentence, I think we've already covered this, was I'm not going to go into the logistics of how Morgan got that ambulance there in three minutes. <laughs> uh, so. it's, it's just, it's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I also, I, I do in my head, I want to, I want to know what the alternate universe is where uh, Morgan does blow up in the ambulance and his final words to Garcia were, you know what you are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Cause that would have been pretty awful. <laughs> that sounded like, that sounded like an insult was coming. <laughs> Not my God-given solace. Uh, Garcia's going to live with that for the rest of her life. What am I? What I'm a failure. I let her down. <laughs> she would have never come up with God-given solace. No. <laughs> That's what he would have said. Oh, man. Uh, so then we cut to a, a weird first. It's kind of like a first-person point-of-view shot 
from the paramedic, but he's dead, I think. <laughs> not only is he dead, right? <laughs> yes. not, not only is he dead, but he's, you know, slumped. So, uh, yeah. yes, this is this is a POV from, from the dead body of the paramedic <laughs> watching as the VAU one by one walk away in <laughs> disgust. Right. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll give artistic license, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we uh, cut over to uh, an operating room. And there's some hospital workers in there that are mopping up blood as you are wont to do. After I, mean, I, I suppose that is how it happens, but it's it's still a weird shot. <laughs> yeah. And uh Hotch comes in and he's there and he asks about Kate and the and the doctor is there and he says he did what he could, but we're sorry, couldn't save her. Incidentally, a, 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 trivia, a quick trivia fact is that this uh, doctor here uh, who uh, could not save Kate is the doctor who operated on Penelope <laughs> when she was shot. <laughs> same guy, same actor. Obviously, different hospital. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's, not, uh... he's not playing the same character, but it's the same guy. <laughs> wow. Uh, I guess they have who they're going to call for the, that kind of <laughs> part. Yeah, but Kate's body is in there, and and Hotch looks at her body, and he's sad. Her arm is poking out from the blanket, so he puts the blanket over her. Okay, and and, and, and here's 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 two things about this. Okay, one is like you know he takes a look at her and like he gets all emotional. Like, did it, did I happen to mention? Did you remember that she looks like Haley? <laughs> like that that's just a grisly thought. Like, what is going through his mind there? Because uh, she looks an awful lot like your your ex wife. <laughs> um, but. Here's a thought that occurred to me. I never thought of this before, but you know how she was in the ambulance and she was getting better and she was talking to Aaron. Oh, Aaron, thank you so much. Oh, you so saved me. And then all of a sudden she flatlined. That paramedic had to get into the hospital. He killed her with his own hands right then and there. Yeah. He had, he, she was on the men. He did something that got her to die. So she actually survived the damn blast, and that paramedic killed her. That's even mm-hmm. more gruesome. And I don't know if Hotch figures it out there or something, but like, or somewhere along the way, like it'll occur to him. But damn, no justice at all. Like he died way yeah. too easily for doing something that that evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a terrorist. He's evil, but like, with his own hands, he did something to to Kate there. Yeah, so uh, bye-bye, Kate Joyner. And uh, next, to leave that depressing scene, we cut to, hey, it's our buddy Detective Cooper. Hey, it's Sexy Cop. <laughs> yeah, uh, he seems to be doing okay. He's in the in the hospital room. He's in his hospital gown, and uh, Detective Bruston, Grumpy Cop, is there with him. And uh, he's actually aiding and abetting him and smoking in the hospital. And he's like, nah, nah, it's okay. And then Prentice comes to the door and she lets them know that smoking in a hospital is a federal offense. And Cooper looks busted and he looks over at Bruston, who looks at Prentice and then just tells Cooper he's on his own and uh, takes off. Prentice looks at, and she sees that, uh, you know, he's had his family come visit. Uh, and, he, and she asks if he uh, told them that he started smoking again. And Cooper is like, hey, hey, cut me a break. I just got shot. I'm standing in front of a beautiful woman in this ridiculous garb with a 
IV and a catheter connected to my skiddy bop. <laughs> my skiddy bop, yeah. Uh, so yeah. And, well, you uh, know, it was, I was I, I was I was taking notes myself and going, "Ooh, sexy flirty banter goes away," because <laughs> he just said skiddy bop. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there but there's still some some sort of tension some sort of weird connection between the two here and and Prentice says look I wasn't going to come but I I was I, I'm just dropping in on my way while I'm, I'm going to the airport and uh he says he's sorry he heard about Agent Joiner and he asks if Hotch is okay and uh she says he's okay and he can't fly for a little bit because of his ear but he's going to be fine she gives him a gift and it's uh tickets she says for you and your family She's heard that they were good seats. He sort of thanks her and she starts to head off. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Hey, these are Mets take tickets. Most, most people think I'm a Yankees fan. And Prentice coyly looks around and says, well, I'm not most people. And then she leaves. And Cooper is like, no, that girl is not. I'm like, <laughs> it seems like they're about to encourage an extramarital affair here. <laughs> No, what, what, what I'm thinking is that they're not encouraging extra affair. I think what, what, they connected, and had they both been single, met at a different time, this could have been a thing. And they both recognize it's not a thing. It's never going to be a thing. But they both recognize that. And this is just a way to acknowledge that, hey, you meet people, sometimes you click, nothing's ever going to become of it, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, so right. I... I, I, I like this scene, I, you know, especially because, you know, he's a Mets fan, so I'm glad he survived. But uh, they're, they're fulfilling the prophecy from our <laughs> last quiz uh, that, indeed, in this episode, Emily buys baseball tickets. <laughs> yeah, you are uh, right. Uh, that a is, liar I am covered not. Every- <laughs> yeah, yeah you've, you've covered everything now, uh, except for we have one more scene, AJ. We have uh, Morgan, who's arrived to pick up Hotch, and Hotch thought Agent Davis was supposed to drive, but Morgan is like, I, I let her get reassigned. Uh, besides, I got nothing better to do myself than annoy you for three hours. And Hotch is trying to get the keys from him, but Morgan won't give him up, and he's like grabbing his bag and like, come on, let's go. How fast and, is he going to drive three hours? Yeah. <laughs> Five. Five yeah. hours. On a good day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Hotch tells Morgan uh, at this point that Quantico has asked him to transfer to run the NY office. And Morgan's like, well, damn, she isn't even buried yet. And Hotch says, well, you know, we're at war. Things change. And Morgan is like, wait, wait a minute. Don't I need your recommendation? And he looks at Hotch and realizes Hotch didn't give his recommendation and Morgan says as much. And Hotch just looks at him and says, you know, your actions as brave as they were, were the actions of an agent who doesn't truly trust anyone. And Morgan is like, Hotch, I I did it for the team. (laughs) I broke time and space (laughs) for the team. (laughs) And Hotch is like, well, you know what? It doesn't matter. My opinion, it doesn't matter. The job is yours if you want it. And Hotch seems a little upset here. And Morgan tells him, you know what? Your opinion matters to me. And Hotch says, 
it's this. My life matters to me, and I have and always will entrust you with it. Would you do the same for me? And <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of a weird thought, but because I feel like he did just do the same. But I know what I get. What Hatch is saying, but also seems it's, a little yeah. It, it's it's much. It's, the phrasing's a little weird, certainly. But it's like, uh, yeah, you took the bomb away, so I know I'm good. <laughs> but you should have trusted us to like save you. But the the, the bomb would have gone off. <laughs> yeah. It, if I had trusted you, then we would be dead right now. I'm but right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It, 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 mm, mm. It, there's something there. There's something there. It's like, like you don't fully trust us. You you could have said, "Hey, Hotch, I'm going to go down there." You you left without telling us you were going. That's the issue. He bounced. He bounced. Uh, and didn't didn't even say, "I'll get the." Because I might have said, "Go for it, Derek." <laughs> But you didn't trust right. me to make that call. I think I would have liked that a little better. Which, again, nit to pick while he's while your lives are all still safe. Like I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and you know he's still suffering from a concussion from everything. And blah, 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 blah. yeah, he's just Kate's dead. And, he's just, for, 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 for. and all right, you know, he just basically got told, "Hey, Hot, you know your opinion doesn't really matter." Right. <laughs> Uh, so he's gonna uh, roll that disappointment downhill <laughs> yeah exactly so uh hotch asked morgan if he still wants to drive and then we have morgan clicking on the remote fob to i guess unlock the doors or was he locking the door <laughs> no no he it's that long pause because he knows he's gonna hit that button and he's afraid a bomb's gonna go there's that there's that moment of like is there a bomb on because the last time we went, beep, beep, <laughs> boom. Right. So, yeah, okay, I get it. <sighs> yeah, and the episode ends. I thought that was a bit of a clunky end. <laughs> it's a clunky beginning. It's yes. a clunky middle. It's a clunky end. I, all in all, it's, 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 it's a good episode. It's, it's action-packed. It's, it's oh, important. yeah. If this wasn't New York, I wouldn't have nearly as much nitpicking to do. It's just the, the, the geography. Uh, of television New York is so different from real New York. It drives me up the wall. <laughs> Completely. Well, uh, so let's go to our barometer, AJ, and, and say if we feel like the team has won or lost this episode, I have a sneaking suspicion, but uh, I'll let you take over from that point. I, I, I mean, it's a win. It's a win because Morgan didn't trust the team to save his right. life. And he did it. I mean, look, they, they they figured out what was going on in the end. They they blew up the bomb in an uninhabited area. Okay, the unsub killed himself. Uh, the other unsub electrocuted himself. They were wrong almost entirely the entire way. And there were a lot of people who died in the last episode, which was part of this episode. Uh, but preponderance of the evidence your honor <laughs> yeah we'll give them the w here yeah i agree and i and like you said i actually in, enjoyed this episode as much as there was wrong with it. so it was very uh action-packed and intense and, and 
had a great soundtrack driving uh, along the way, like keeping you uh, invested in the action. Yeah, it, it was it was good. It's it's a good kickoff to a season, and it, it wrapped up uh, an episode. Uh, it, you know, this episode could have had twenty minutes of wrap up and forty minutes of filler, and it was closer to to seventy thirty with content seventy and filler thirty. So uh, you know, I'm okay with it. All right, so folks, uh, season four. Let's switch things up a little bit. Uh, let's not do three questions anymore, AJ. Oh, I see what's going on here. You, you get tired of getting caught with your uh, skiddly bop in your hands. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> let's just do our favorite question of every week. Yeah, exactly. It, it, because I've been complaining about filler. We need no filler here. We're gonna go straight to the only question that matters. Our little, what I'm gonna call the. Teasing it out. Teasing it out. I'm going to tease next week's episode and see if you can figure it out. Teasing it out. Teasing it out. Let's do it. All right. Mr. Kintad, what will the plot of our next episode be? And by that, I mean the episode Criminal Mind Season 4, Episode 2, entitled The Angel Maker. The Angel Maker. Is it A? Hotch is stuck in D.C. due to his injuries, so Morgan takes the lead on a case involving bodies found dead at Colorado cemeteries. Is it B? Nurses in Oregon are turning up dead in their homes. Could there be a perverse angel of death targeting these angels of mercy? Is it C? Strange religious iconography accompanies a series of murders in a small North Carolina town, and Rossi is particularly disturbed by it. Or is it D? What is the BAU supposed to do to catch a serial killer when he's already been caught and convicted and, in fact, has been dead for over a year? Okay. Uh, I like these choices, and I like when you say different cities in most of the choices, because then I figure you're not giving me a, the answer is all of them question. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to do in the driving. <laughs> well, yeah, apparently <laughs> it could be if Morgan is driving. You're right. Oh, damn. Um. Typically, I avoid the answer that seems to be like it's going to follow up directly from the previous episode, which would be answer A. But I'm actually going to say choice A, Hotch is still stuck in D.C. Morgan is going to take command of the case. And uh, where did we say this was actually going to be? Colorado. In Colorado. Yeah, that is going to be my choice on Tease It Out this week. All right. Well, sir, the angel maker. Indeed, Hotch is still going to be having those problems with his hearing because you don't heal up that quickly. However, we are off to Ohio where a serial killer who has already been caught, convicted, and put to death 
is somehow seemingly back in business. <laughs> that was choice D. Yes. For duh, I should have picked that choice. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, I have a feeling now, with <clears throat> without the three questions, my average will be much worse. <laughs> this I don't know, because, uh, you know, your average wasn't so great with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's something to look forward to. And uh, I certainly do. And uh, that is the show for this week. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. We hope you had a great time. As usual, please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to spread the word. Let your friends know about us. You can also write to us at feloniouspundits at gmail.com or follow our Twitter, our active Twitter, at podcast underscore pundits. For AJ Mass, this is Kentad Svensgaard saying goodbye. Keep profiling. Wheels up. Look, do I like the Mets and the Yankees? Absolutely. Rex Ryan.